Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey everyone and welcome to the Boost Your Biology podcast. My name is Lucas and I'm the founder of Ergogenic Health. Together in this podcast series, we will go underground to explore cutting edge health and human performance insights that you simply cannot search on Google to help you upgrade your existence. So without any further ado, let's jump into today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Boost Your Biology podcast. Today, I have a very special guest joining me on the show who I actually met overseas as we were both presenting in Dubai. Um, We were both selected speakers for the Biohacking Summit in Dubai. And so joining me on the show today, we have an absolute expert as it pertains to EMF mitigation strategies we have Hagen Thiers. Hagen, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for inviting me here. Awesome. So maybe, Hagen, did you want to share with my listeners a little bit about your story? How did you become so fascinated with understanding EMF and how we can minimize the damaging effects of EMF radiation? I was uh, diagnosed as a child already as being electrosensitive and had already uh, health problems with EMF reactions. And therefore, I was supposed to look into that with my father, who was a mechanical engineer and a natural path doctor, as you would call it in Germany. And he was looking with me for solutions. Okay, well, how can we protect our family and our home? And that basically came a life journey. So I was diagnosed when I was around eight. And uh, then it became like a six-year mission, which was uh, then in the end leading up to us investigating some own techniques and some own possibilities of shielding and mitigating EMFs. And then we came up um, with more and more experiments and because nothing really was out there working. And so it was kind of their own health journey there. But it was also interesting to see when you're starting to enter a new community and you're starting to make yourself aware of certain things, like, for instance, the effects of radiation, you're meeting people 
which are having the same problems, which are also suffering from sleeping disorder, which are also having problems that they are just taking up the phone for a phone call, which is normal for most people. And then they are already having a headache after a short amount of time. And that was for me always something which is fascinating that most people don't think about this. You know, our brain is not having nerves, you know, like we are not very sensitive to pain. It's just the skull which mm. is having pain or reflexes. But for us to feel a headache is actually quite big. And it's uh, for us <laughs> to consider that, you know, we're, we are making a phone call and we're getting hurt so much that we feel it in an area where there is little uh, sensors for measuring even pain or for feeling pain. That was quite interesting to me. And so many people had the same issues. And then we noticed, wow, this is not just for us. And you cannot go anywhere. You don't see it. You don't smell it. And it's affecting you and you're not alone there. And normally you can invite things into your house, which you want to be there. And that was for me as coming from eight, nine years, that was sounding crazy that like, what, there is this stuff, this is causing these issues. And I cannot say it doesn't shall not come in. I have Hawaii TV here at Germany. That's weird. You know, it was, <laughs> uh, it's for us nowadays so normal. Uh, but when you are hearing that from a child perspective, it was also already like, hmm, normally I can decide who comes into my house and who not. And here it's not the case. And then you notice many people have this issue. And actually, most people are just not diagnosed as electrosensitive, but they are having reactions. Everybody is having reactions to the radiation which we're exposed to. And that's not just our own phone. And when we're starting to look into that, we notice we have to take our own precautions about this. And I'd imagine, I mean, Hagen, over the years, we now have a lot more research to prove that EMF radiation can damage our biological systems. Did you want to sort of explain the key ways in which EMF can actually um, disrupt normal biological functions? Well, maybe it's better to start off about what is it not damaging? Where is it not having effects? Because <laughs> there's none. <laughs> and that's the problem. We're almost having it every part of our body. We're having effects. It's the basic principle system, which seems to be affecting EMFs. Um, and there it goes from cell death to DNA damages and to fertility issues to brainwave changes, stress responses in the body. And it's really the question, where is it not causing damage? And that's really concerning. And just some people are more sensitive than others. And for, I have it so many times that clients come to us and they, we are working basically in the health industry, right? I'm speaking on this health summits as yourself. And there's people which have health issues, for instance, with sleeping disorders for decades. They're trying everything, you know, grounding, blacking out the sleep, tracking everything, taking melatonin and trying to enhance everything and getting the most expensive beds and trying to optimize and get just better at this. And the doctors don't know what to do. You make your tests, your hormonal tests and so on. And then it's just the neighbors or your own Wi-Fi, which is on as night, which causes a stress response. And for some people, this is so strong that their sleep efficiency drops significantly. And this is what most people don't see. They're having so many effects and there's around 800 studies, which I would consider to be strong, to be very undoubtful. And 
there even the public health you know we're having now the the huge scandal about the iphone 12 just recently passed that it was uh banned for sales in france that we are had it there another 50 uh, 50 phones which were blo uh, blocked from being sold and in, uh, in france and which were just over the limits of the radiation safetyness and so you have this multiple layers of how the device affects you and how radiation is affecting you and that's once over the thermal effect and that's once over the non-thermal effects and for me if i look at the research and look at with a biophysist then it looks really more scary for me from the non-thermal part of you because there we are seeing long-term cell damages there we're seeing long-term dna changes there we are seeing over decades uh, decreased sleep efficiency which is just accumulating and especially that's a bit of a problem we are not really doing long-term studies what a long-term study is mm. considered 20 years so what we have now two if we are looking back 2003 okay what was it 2003 we didn't even have the first iphone that came out in 2008 we didn't have a 4g we didn't have a 3g there and everything which has been coming up since has been coming on top of each other so it might be already that we're seeing okay 4g is really dangerous but we have not even one pure study for even 15 years or 10 years straight with just 4g exposure we're always adding already new and more and more new frequencies and so it's very hard to actually also stay on top of this and the research suggests that the higher the frequency the more non-thermal effects happen to us and this is especially then a concern for instance for 5g which has been rolled out without any studies before to look at if it is safe or not yeah and so Hagen, you've done a great job there sort of at framing the conversation you sort of mentioned you know thermal and non-thermal effects which we'll get into shortly because i'm sure if, you know, my listeners are probably wondering what is this thermal effect versus non-thermal effect. But before we do, maybe did you want to explain some of the common um, household devices or appliances or technology that really does have a potent EMF, um, you know, frequency emitting effect? Did you want to sort of explain, you know, what are some of these items that we need to be careful of? For me, the three biggest things are obviously its phone is the first. The second one is Wi-Fi. And the third one is uh, smart gadgets, wearables. That's for me the three biggest things which we have an influence about and which we should be mindful about. And that's for me the three most important devices. We are obviously always affected to the Wi-Fi's neighbors, to the Starlink 5G network, for instance, if we are living in such an area already, to the radio frequencies, to all these different radio frequencies. All our communication is based on radio frequency, which is radiation. And so we have to just be aware of that, that there is almost no escaping from that. And that's what I was referring to earlier. We have not a choice of saying, oh, I don't want Starlink 5G in my living room. You know, and this is a real big problem. So, and therefore those three mm -hmm. things is where we have a lot of possibilities about, and this is what I would say for the peoples which want some free hacks, like I guess your community too, use your phone less, Put it in flight mode if you don't need it and 
then also use, for instance, voice recordings instead of an, an, a normal call or use a text message. I'm usually recording a couple of voice messages at the same time, and then I'm turning on off the flight mode in my phone. I put it somewhere else, and then it's uploading all of the voice messages. And a few minutes later, I come back and just turn it back into the flight mode. So I'm not carrying it online with me all the time i'm just using it a little bit more mindful now i'm doing the recording with you and i'm just plugged in here with the ethernet on my computer instead of using the wi-fi so i turn off my bluetooth and my wi-fi here on my computer and i use a cable instead cable is faster and is your friend for any emf downgrade and then most importantly for me is turning off the Wi-Fi at night. And for instance, you can use like an electric timer for that, that your electric plug where the Wi-Fi router is um, plugged in, that this one is shutting off automatically between 12 and 6 a.m., for instance. Some things like that make your life already a lot easier and uh, will start to lower the EMF exposure which you have. And also, for instance, if we're speaking of a non-thermal effect, you can also just use a different phone, which has a lower SAR value. There are some great options out there as well, which are just not having the high um, thermal effects on our body, like, for instance, an iPhone or a modern Samsung. And what about in terms of the, the rolling out of 5G? You know, we have it in Australia, obviously, and... I'd say 95% of people walking around here have 5G enabled on their phone. Did you want to sort of explain the the differences in terms of the the, the potency, I guess, the, the damaging effects comparatively to like, let's say, 4G or, or the previous versions, 3G, for example? Okay. Um, so maybe we start with a small example there. And a question to you. Let's see uh, how good you were reading into EMFs. What do you think? How big is the difference? How many times is the difference between our natural frequency in our body, which is like, for instance, 10 hertz, and for instance, 10 gigahertz, which is a frequency which we can be using already nowadays with 5G. What is the difference there? How many times is that a difference? When our brain communicates around 10 hertz, for instance, and then we have a 10 gigahertz outside 5G. What's the difference there? How many times? A hundred million. I would more. guess 10,000s, 10, my guess. Okay, it's a billion. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> nine, nine zeros. <laughs> Nine zeros. Wow. And this is what it's pointing out. The difference between our signaling and our body is happening exactly the same way, like basically a, um, a cell phone. And this is what we have to understand and what most of us don't really uh, can imagine. We are using electromagnetic impulses in our body and signals to communicate, to move our hand, to speak. It's all happening over our brainwaves, which we measure nowadays, right? With alpha, beta, theta, and so on. And we see those frequencies, and they're extremely subtle. And in the nature, 200 years ago, nothing of this kind of high radio frequencies was out there. And so mm. I heard this example on one of the conferences, which I can quote here. It's like you're trying to communicate in a, in a hall where there is 10 billion people speaking. And then you're, we, try, we too are trying to have a conversation. 
if we are putting into my living room right now 10 billion people which don't fit here obviously then <laughs> then we will not anymore have this communication so clearly and this seems to be one of the pathways how it can happen that actually communication is just being disturbed by being too much noise around and so that seems to be mm. one of the principles there another part about 5g is so we have to understand just what i tried to point out here is the frequency is so so much higher we are using in the united states usually now 5500 megahertz which is 5.5 gigahertz and we are going up to 40 and 100 gigahertz uh, already and it's it's very crazy what is developed there in this kind of uh, signals and in this kind of frequency heights so what else was concerning me there? And I don't know, do we have the option here to put in a picture here in the video? I will, I will send you one. Otherwise, for your listeners, I will explain it. So there was, I was on this 5G conference and um, all the world's leading professor like Paul and Leonard and all of those, they were all there and Hardell and which have done the most research on the subjects. And they were speaking about the dangers of 5G. There wasn't a study done on 5G from the public, from any health institution, from the FDA in America or anything or FCC. There was nothing out there which has been done to see, okay, is this stuff safe? We have already research suggesting that 4G and Wi-Fi is harmful from the not thermal part. So what about 5G? So there was nothing done there. But the thing is, when it comes, for instance, to safety limits, we are having different safety limits in the world. And in every region, you have a different allowance, how much EMF exposure can be there inside your room when you are right now recording your podcast. And for instance, uh, that can be, for instance, two volt per meter. And in the United States, it's a 10 volts per meter, which is already five times higher. And in Russia, it can be already 0.02 volt meters per meter there. So there's very different safety standards around what kind of radiation is allowed inside of the room. But the thing is, this telephone is always communicating around 200 times per minute with your next cell phone tower. 200 million times, it's saying, responding um, a second, sorry, 200 times a second, it's communicating what is going on and transmitting the data. And it's always telling how much field strength it has. And the thing is, with 5G, we're having usually around 12 antennas on one mast. And when you are walking inside a subterranean parking lot, for instance, or you're just in an elevator where you're normally not having any kind of signal because you're almost in a Faraday cage, you're having a crazy amount of uh, concrete and so on be beside you and around you and signal is blocked and you're having a call, then the 5G tower, if it's if you're connected to 5G tower, it notices, wow, your signal strength is really low. So what it does is it's forming a beam. And this is not a conspiracy theory. This is from the official from the official sites confirmed and presented that they are trying to boost your signal by forming a beam with multiple antennas to increase your signal strength and your electromagnetic fields at the point where you are making the call. So you're standing, for instance, in an elevator, you're registered to a 5G tower, and the 5G tower is just beaming a huge amount of EMFs towards you so that you have a better signal and can communicate and have the data transferred. But the thing is, what is in the line? And this is what, when we show here in the picture, you can see it basically, but 
when you're looking inside of the line, there is a line of fire, basically. Everything which is between you and the elevator and the 5G tower, and there can be birds, there can be a person sleeping in their apartment without any EMF, turning off their Wi-Fi, turning off that. There can be a child on the balcony or just in the park walking out be, without any of the concrete around. So and they will have up to a thousand times of an exposure of a 5G frequency above the safety limits because the safety limits are registered at the point of the phone and not in the line of fire. And this is something which was most concerning then to me about the 5G that you're having this 5G beams, which can be uh, created. And even if you are completely mindful about how you interact with 5G and about you shutting your own phones down, you're having this collateral damage which you're exposed to. You know, this is, I mean, you've done a great job there, obviously outlining some of the deleterious effects that can occur in terms of um, exposure to the human body. Maybe, Hagen, did you want to sort of explain, you've already outlined some simple strategies for people to minimize the damaging effects. Some people believe, and I, I understand this because I've spoken to you about this and my brother also asked you at the at the conference, I think was around those stickers that people put on their mobile phones did yeah. you want to sort of debunk these and explain how these are just these will not have you know any effect there is from a technical point of view and from the physical point of view there is only three ways to protect yourself the first way is to limit your exposure which is what we have covered already but we are coming very early on we are coming to some limitations about how we can reduce our exposure from devices which we don't have access to. I have been at multiple cell phone towers. I never found the turn off button at the bottom of them. I can never go there at the evening and just turn off the cell phone tower next to my house. It's just <laughs> simply not possible. So we have limitations there. And the next possible way is shielding. And shielding has to be done very accurately because in the worst of in the um, if you're not doing it right and an electromagnetic frequency radio wave passes through the shielding and then you have everything shielded and it stays inside and it's kind of mirroring reflectoring uh, inside of the room and then it can make it worse so you also have to do shielding precisely and it can be quite costly you know like five ten thousand euros for a room like a bedroom can be spent on a shielding and then there is a, a possibility about uh, depolarization and this is basically dispersing um, radio frequencies on a bigger area. And this is why then the electromagnetic field density drops because it's more dispersed. And then the body is also not anymore having such a pressure and local problem, but it's more spread out and the body is starting to react. This is the three things which you can find in the physics books, which is proven by physics, which you can read with a meter and where you also see the biological effects, which you can read studies about. And there it stops. There is nothing coming after that. There is unfortunately no principle of like, okay, I harmonize a frequency. Well, okay, what does harmonizing then mean? Okay, then they are saying, okay, we are changing the the way uh, the way the wave spins or the frequency or something like that and you're like then it doesn't have any more signal i was meeting finally i live now in dubai and i met a um guy here who was selling those stickers very uh, in a very big way and i met him in the gym just in the same house 
and I, and we were talking and I knew the company very well. He was sell, selling those stickers for, and uh, I asked him, why do you think they work? How do they work? And he told me, well, it's like this, you know, those noise canceling headphones, which you wear on the airplane and you turn them on and then they, they shut the noise off. And I said, sure I do. And he said, well, they are doing that by having a microphone inside and by registering the frequency and by then giving off the same frequency again. And that's why it's going away. And that's why this turbine noise is going away. And I said, yeah, that's right. It's really accurately saying. And he says, yes, and we are doing the same thing. And I said, and what would that mean if your device is doing that? Well, I don't know. And I said, well, then your signal would be blocked. You wouldn't have any more Wi-Fi. You wouldn't have any more reception on your phone. If you're giving off exactly that, that's what a jammer does. That's what a real device does. It's sending out the frequency and then you don't have any more because it's interrupted. It's disturbed the field. And then it's actually not any more usable. So if you put this on your phone and it still has signal and still has the same reception, then it's not doing that. Because if you're turning your noise canceling headphones on, and the sound just stays the same of the turbine of the noise which is around you you wouldn't also be happy right well that's true mm. <laughs> and it was so it's it's very easy to display that there is no functionality behind it and there is not uh, on one sticker company or on one of those harmonization pendants or something like that there is a strong peer-reviewed study from any university it's just not existing there's there's mm. no study out there and it's not a wonder because there's two things which we have to remember first of all is those are expensive second of all you need studies before which are indicating that there is an effect that's the next mm. thing and then the third part is a physical principle so it's like um there is no physical Just principle why Sorry, one moment. I have to plug in my battery. Sorry, it's just running out of charge. Give me a sec. I'm going to hit. Just give me a sec. Um, wasn't actually plugged in. <laughs> <laughs> that happens. It's still, it's still recording. I'll just get them to snippet it out. It's going really well so far, though. All right, we're connected. So, so the audio, thing is... Audio check? Yeah, audio check is still good. So if you're going to university and you're saying, I want to test the sticker, and then they're asking you, why is the sticker supposed to work? How does it work? And then you're going to face exactly the same conversation you're gonna hear there is no physical principle and so what is mm. supporting this there is no measurement which is showing any difference in the electromagnetic fields and the wave spin or on any meter and then you're saying okay the wave is the same the field strength is the same you can measure no difference on the device at all and now it's supposed to be not any more harmful. How is that going to happen? And that's where it becomes very difficult because there's just no physical principle, which you can say like depolarizing or we are shielding. 
you know, or we are putting your sticker on the antenna or something, you know, like it's, there's, there's no possible explanation. It's just like you put a sticker with a foil on your phone. Okay. You know, there's Apple stickers, there's, there's G star stickers. There is, you know, you can put a Samsung sticker <laughs> on your phone and then what's going to happen. So it's, what is it supposed to change? And that's why it's very difficult to get into a university, to get you serious, to let you investigate those things. And this was for me, the problem, which I was not okay with. And I just encountered a very few amount of, um, of stickers, which seem to have a effect and they seem to be just from the part that you're basically giving your body an order to relax. And I think they're kind of working like a homeopathic um homeopath um supplement maybe or something like that that you're taking mm. it and it's signaling the body to be less stressed you know you still have the mm. needle in the foot which you're walking inside you know you're walking up the hill and you still have the needle in your boot but uh you're just like your mind gets like a signal of okay don't worry you know it's it's gonna bleed you know but it's not gonna kill you you know it's it's okay and so uh and that seems to be kind of what the functionality is and uh you still don't have even a possibility to go to your next cell phone tower you know i'm uh, looking outside and you know the next cell phone uh, 5g tower is like 150 meters above me it's kind of a hassle to get up there and put a sticker on it it's uh <laughs> it's just not the right way so therefore that's kind of what the difference is there's not really a strong study because there is no physical principle and that's why they don't let you do it and even if you would investigate the money and then you find a negative result then you would be actually inclined to take off the product from the market so I guess this is the mm. three four reasons why you don't see a working sticker company out there. Mm. And as far as you you know you, you mentioned this dispersion um, one one strategy is like to disperse the EMF frequency. Um, the way that I have understood it in the past from you is like turning a sort of like turning like a sniper rifle bullet into a very weak shotgun. So it's like yeah. it's spraying, you know, is, is that sort of somewhat That's a good correct? analogy, yes. <laughs> exactly. So that, that, that way in which we can um, disperse the EMF, did you want to sort of explain uh, how you've been able to develop, you know, a specific uh, means to, to enable this? Like, did you want to sort of explain how we're able to disperse the EMF frequency so, so that, it's not as harmful to the human body. For me, it was, it was an interesting path about how we came to this. Um, we experienced with my father and we were talking about possible ways. And I guess it was the beauty of how to describe this. It was kind of, as a child, you sometimes see things which are difficult, very easy. And sometimes you can ask very stupid questions, which still need to be answered and where you find very interesting answers. <laughs> and so when you're, and this was the fun part with me and my dad, you know, I was a kid who was challenging him to explain me things and to, to tell me how those things work. And he was a mechanical engineer. He had a natural path doctor and he even had studied MBA in Dubai. So he was a very educated man with a, um, which was very intelligent, of course. And so 
and then even he was coming to his limitations and he was starting to look into that and we were starting to get into this uh, research and university community and speaking with them and one of the things i was explaining to him was like on asking him was like what about the rainbow why is there if there's water in the in the air why do we see their colors you know we are not seeing now colors we're just seeing basically bright why is it basically breaking that open what is happening there and that's basically the same effect what is uh, what we were just talking about was about this depolarizing and so i was challenging and i was saying let's let's work around with liquids and let's let interact the radio waves with the liquids and see what happens you know if we're passing through a radio wave through a liquid what happens there if we let it interact that and if we're making the liquids conductive and which we're um if we are connecting them to a conductive housing and if we're playing around with different polarities and uh so and this is what we started on and that was around 2006 that was when we were starting this and this is when everything changed when we started to work with liquids and we changed a variety of them and we're trying out their different solutions to how to actually let radio waves interact with them. And that was one of a hundred tries, obviously, of different materials, sources, and possible ways. And but the liquid thing that really stood out as something which is promising. And we just felt there's something there, there's something happening there. We'll 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 see more and more effects there. And when we then changed for prototypes for this kind of concept, then we noticed wow, we always had this electrosensitive community which got some prototypes and we're supposed to fill out some um, surveys, you know, like how happy they are, what's happening with their sleep and so on. And then when we changed to this liquid and we were working on this liquid for like a year or something with uh, uh, researchers from Milan and with the University of Milan in Italy there. And then we changed the prototypes and we gave them to the people and then they didn't want to give them back. And they were speaking about it with their friends and they were like, can we try to? And we were like, you have to give it back. And they're like, no, we sleep. So this is, this is working and you got to leave it to me, you know? <laughs> and, and this is when you noticed, okay, we are onto something. And uh, I then had a very different path and there was some family uh, stuff going on. And so I left Germany. I ran off home basically. And I was going into the nature of Finland and living there for multiple months without cell phone signal and without any um, without any tap water, electricity or something like this in the national parks and some wilderness cottages. And so then, you know, that's why uh, this kind of path which I was on with my father stopped there. And a few years later, I picked it back up. And then there was actually a 2015, there was actually the studies coming out from the University of Athens, which then studied and published exactly this principle that if you can depolarize radio waves and if you're letting them pass to solutions and they were also playing around with different solutions like us that um that actually what is happening is they were measuring that okay the spin is changed of the wave and also it's dispersed on a bigger area and so if you therefore have not anymore just um the whole energy on the on the sensor which it was before, but now you're having a disbursement that also energy is basically not anymore hitting the sensor. Obviously, the sensor is going to register a drop in the field strength. 
And they were also then testing rats and mice, and they noticed that not anymore the biologic side effects, which happen normally from polarized EMFs, are happening anymore. And they were calling this natural versus man-made EMFs, also, and which is a different term, which is more you know usable than depolarizing. And so they were measuring then that there is not this non-thermal effects happening. And so that was nine years after we have started to work on this with different researchers and started to work with these prototypes. And so we had a big advantage century was creating a special conductive liquid, which is even more enhanced than what was the glucose solution, which they used in the University of Athens. And so that was our journey there and mm. was a was a lucky find between, you know, the challenging words of a, <laughs> of me as a as a, a younger, um, younger child and my father and challenging him to explain me those things. And then in the end, we found it there over the liquids and the, um, how it's actually happening that the prismer of the water and is, you know, splitting up the rainbow colors and so on. So. How would you, how, I mean, it's an incredible journey and I think, you know, a lot of people are going to appreciate, you know, what you've been through and I'm sure you've been through a number of major setbacks and hurdles and, you know, you've had to build up such a, an enormous amount of resilience over time. I mean, what's, you know, really kept you motivated? You know, what's kept you so driven to stay on this path? <laughs> uh, you know, it's... People need help there and there's nothing out there really which is working. And, you know, I I had this, this interesting, I can give you an analogy how that is in the EMF industry. It mm. was for me already as a child, my father was bringing all this stuff and nothing worked. And I was even mad what kind of money he spent on things which didn't work, you know, like he bought a, basically a huge sticker box and put it on the main line. And it was like 5,000 euros in 2006, four, five, something like that. You know, like, and it was a sticker for the house, basically, for like six grand, you know, which was is now probably like 12,000. And, and nothing worked. And it made me mad. It made me really mad that you don't find help there. You've spent money there and it doesn't work. And so many people have that. I read the other um, week a study about, and they did a survey about electrosensitivity in Munich, one of our big cities in Germany. And they found out that 20% of the people have all of the symptoms of being electrosensitive. And they questioned 20,000 people and nobody knew about it pretty much. And I think that is very often occurring that most people are having a reaction of being electrosensitive and they don't know about it. They're not diagnosed for it. They just think their sleep is bad. They just think it's normal to have headaches. They just think it's normal to have a stressed hormonal system, which isn't working. And that your body is not working functionally, right? And they think it's age and this and this, and they never know that it's really this invisible stuff, which is just slowly really hurting them. Do we, do we think that majority of the you know negative effects that people experience, a lot of them seem to be like, uh, neu neurological related, like CNS, central nervous system um, driven. Is is there a potential like exp explanation as to why that might be the case? The brain is particularly sensitive. Like what, what, why do we think it's mostly neurological issues? 
Well, basically, it's very hard to measure that. And the studies, they are showing even bigger effects on more clear sensor pathways and so reaction pathways to measure. For instance, we have very clear study about fertility, that it drops by around 80%, 80% drops in males when they are using their phone more than two hours a day. And this is done from the National Health um, of the Institute for Reproductive Medicine in the United States. It was a huge one. And we have just, I read the other week, a study which was showing basically the rise of glioma brain tumors in, um, in the last um, almost 30 years. And they were looking at where's the, where the people use the phone and where the glioma is occurring. And it was at the areas of where the phone was there. The people had in no other area of the brain, they had an increase in brain tumors and, and brain glioma. But at the area where they used the phone over since 1995, it has increased over 400% just at the area where we use the phone. And that's severe. And so there is this, uh, studies on, on this very big things where you really see the strong effects, which are very concerning. But the, the pathways and the brain waves and central nervous system is much harder to get a clear study result on. Many suggest, and I assume so too, that this is because of this constant noise which we have around us, that this is exactly what's going on. And there is um, an interesting study on that how that pathway which we were explaining about having this noise around us is actually working uh, but it's very hard to study that and pinpoint it and in the end we know what kind of diseases it's producing and we know it's harmful and in the end right now there is a bit of debate and we see multiple pathways how the emfs are damaging us but maybe that is not so much what we need to look at we need to look more and more into ways to protecting us instead of why is it actually doing that if it if it hurts you mm -hmm. if it causes damages in you and this and this and this area then you know it's time to change something and we don't you know sure mm -hmm. if we figure everything out perfectly then it will you know help us also produce more protective uh, measurements but as far as now that the lobby is uh, against us that the government is earning some huge amount of taxes from this industry and sales then as long as that goes, we'll not see a big change. And so therefore, mm. I believe it will take a while. And the pathway is one stress question. One very interesting pathway is the build up of calcium that the sensor is influenced of our cell, which is gating that the, the extra uh, cell liquids is going into the intracellular liquids, which is causing them in the end cell death and pathophysiological effects. And so therefore, there is this pathway which we can see, which is having basically effects on everything. And I think there we now need to look how to protect us. Mm. I do recall when I was younger, I used to work in um, a takeaway Thai restaurant. It was actually one of my first jobs. Well, I was also delivering medication, uh, you know, for my dad's pharmacy. But um, I used to work in this takeaway Thai restaurant and I used to be the guy that had to take the, the the phone orders and i remember the telephone was like a wireless telephone mm -hmm. and by the end of the night because i was pressing the phone so hard up against my ear and the restaurant was really loud and busy i remember by the end of the night i left with a you know massive headache mm -hmm. and i remember actually feeling my ear was burning so there would have definitely been a, a really strong 
like thermal effect there plus like the fact that the mobile phone well the telephone was so close up to the to the skull it would have you know really easily penetrated the the skull and affected the brain so maybe a good strategy for um, people when they use their mobile phone and this is what i personally do i i never i rarely take phone calls without it being on loudspeaker so majority of my phone calls are like that that's a good strategy you you sort yes. of for those who are like on the phone and those wireless um earbuds you know the the apple apple whatever they're called the apple pods um they're also harmful right they're using a lower frequency they're using around 800 uh, megahertz um which they're using to to signal between the phone and that so if you are not okay with going on the speaker, you know, and because you're in a public place, you're having a private conversation or something, I would um, honestly choose, uh, if I have only to choose between two, I would choose the, the headphones, um, a Bluetooth headset um, versus actually having a 5G phone next uh, directly at my, at my head definitely I would go for the Bluetooth mm. because then, like I said, for me, the research <laughs> is going, the higher the frequency, the more damage is happening. And if I have 40,000 megahertz next to my ear, or if I have 800, then I will choose the 800. Better it is to use basically the, um, the speaker, or for instance, you can also just get for 20, 30 bucks, you can get some uh, air tubes, which are basically headphones, which are connected to your phone with, with a wire and which don't transfer any kind of radiation. And obviously you still have the choice to go for the old style, just normal headphones, but they can actually also be used as an antenna and they will also transfer some of that signal from your phone to your ear and brain. Therefore, um, if you're using normal headphones, so if you want to be really good, then you use ear, t- ear tubes. And so there's a part of the, of the headphones where there is no wire inside, but there's just air where the echo is traveling and therefore it's disconnected to your, to your ears. And they're kind of cheap. You can get them for around, I think, like 30 bucks. And um, that's a very good way if you have to do a lot of calls. Then speaker, voice messages is my preferred way. And then after that, Bluetooth and after that, uh, phone to the ear. That's kind of yep. the order of harmfulness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In terms of, um, we've sort of, you've sort of elucidated the fact that, you know, it, it appears that distance, so the, the the distance from the the device that emits EMF distance does matter. Is that correct in terms of like, um, let's say your Wi-Fi router, the further away from the body, the better. Is that correct? Cables and distance is your friend. Very simply said. Yeah. Nothing to add. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. In terms of maybe, did you want to? Oh, yep, go on. Uh, I was just not sure if I answered your question correctly about uh, the part what what go, got me driven into and uh, into this into this <laughs> world and what kept me motivated there, and I had still there to to say half of the story, but somehow I got sidetracked. <laughs> the, <laughs> the part is what you notice is that a lot of people have these symptoms and they look for help, and it's like the, you know like your wife is dreaming of a candlelight dinner. 
and you know and you're setting up the plates and everything and then you take out the match and you want to try to light a match and but every time the, the match is wet or it's breaking off and never you actually get the candle to work so and you're trying like five or six or ten actually match companies nothing is working and then you're like crap matches don't work and this is kind of what it feels like to me in business industry and we have just come up with a real lighter you know uh, which is really helping and it's really working and it is so annoying to be in this industry and say like hey 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 hey, hey this you know this wet matches they don't work you know they will not make your romantic dinner night you know and the people have given up and they have just you know tried too many things and they don't even think anymore there is a solution and at the same time there is actually a physical principle which is working and to then see the face you know of people which come to you and say hey i can go back to the city i can go back and go to a normal job and i'm not anymore you know expelled from society and i actually i start now sleeping better i have just for a normal person which is track your sleep efficiency and look at your sleep efficiency and i assume many of your viewers are having some kind of tracking if you have any time a sleep efficiency below 80 percent and you're starting to take the emf mitigation devices for instance which work then you will see a sleep efficiency improve and that can be mm. huge which i noticed is like if you're something between 60 and 70 percent sleep efficiency it goes up to like 75 and 80 percent and sometimes more and that is incredible if you're sleeping you know eight hours and you're having just 10 percent better sleep efficiency that's almost like additional 80 minutes of good sleep and that is fantastic mm. it's changing your life quality and it adds so much time and energy to your life which you can use for good and that's really nice if you are starting to do that and so when you're hearing then the customer reports and people of which are really having the problem with emf and they start to have dealt positively with their sleeping disorder hormonal disbalance and they actually can go to work again then you're actually feeling some real progress and you know you're on the right track and it's worth the fight mm. as far as your contributions to the emf industry i mean you have definitely a huge level of influence in this space you know you've got a good reputation and strong credibility did you want to sort of explain you know how you went about inventing you know um a series of uh emf mitigating or dispersing technology did you want to sort of explain how that came about well, in the way we have uh, covered the beginnings of that, and uh, yeah, please shoot me a bit a question of where you like me to go deeper. You know, we started obviously with the own health issues, tried out all the devices, nothing worked there. Then came up with this part about creating uh, liquids, and we noticed there is pathways which work. Then I went to nature, and I came back. And I noticed then I graduated then within nine months and um, I, then I was thinking, okay, what do I do next? And um, then it was coming up, okay, I'm going to go back to this and I'm going to really look um, now that I'm older, that I have this new research which came out, I'm going to look into this industry more. And then I was um, starting this and I was not okay with just, you know, we had a, we had a, 
interesting t uh, feedback from the people that they were like, this is working for me. This is consumer reports. And you could already make basically a living out of that. And I wasn't feeling comfortable, comfortable with that at all. I knew that this is an industry where there is a lot of black sheep. And, um, and for me, it was only be the white one. That was for me the only the only path and the only goal, you know, give people, you know, a column of light there to say, okay, this is what is working. This is what's there. And so I then built further prototypes, experienced more, put a lot more money in it, had some good support from my surroundings and some engineers which believed in me and knew this idea, if I get it to work, it's going to really help me. And so I had a partner which was saying, okay, I built you as many prototypes as you need, but if it's, you know, when it's running, then please give me for some time, you know, the capacity to produce it for you. And so, and that was really helpful. And so I could play around with the prototypes, build them. And then when I knew I've done it, then I was looking, okay, now I'm ready. Now I am happy. Now my, my people, which I've tested them on, they are happy. So how to go from there to the market? And um, I then found that there was uh, a court which had already, um, which was had one of those sticker companies was being sued in Germany. And they, um, they got a court uh, technician to, to look at the device and see like, okay, there's some problems with, uh, you know, with this device. Let's see if you can find any kind of changes and so on. So, and uh, this was a court technician, which was basically specialized on this electromagnetic fields. And I was then going to him and saying, okay, I have this here. How can we do this certification? And uh, he was in the end testing it. And he was finding that if you had a dispersed, um, not a dispersed, um, um, what's the word? If you have a problem with your magnetic field in your house, um, what is that called? <laughs> um, so if you have any kind of problem with your magnetic fields in your house, the electromagnetic waves from your radio waves, they are, um, they are traveling on those electromagnetic fields. And if you just have there some, uh, some bumps and some gradients in the electromagnetic fields, then it's actually causing more harm. And so he noticed that when we placed our device with a conductive liquids uh, inside the house, that literally you could measure with the sensors that the electromagnetic field of the earth, which was unharmonic at some parts, was being balanced and that the sensors leveled out. And that was big because every time when there is a bump in the electromagnetic field, the damage is potentially much higher to the body. And so he was uh, confirming to us that we had the effects of stabilizing and harmonizing electromagnetic fields, which they were working and traveling on. And we got a certification that we can claim that they have electromagnetic um, protection effects in all Europe. And that this would be accepted in all courts of Europe because of him being a court technician of Austria. And this is what it started with. And then uh, I had an electrosensitive person which was partnering with me and who was a business lawyer. And then I went about it and started like this, the company. And then it grew very rapidly. And it's now came to 45 uh, countries. And we have produced around uh, 125,000 devices now for people all around the world. And so then became pretty much the world market leader for EMF protection devices then within those nine years since the founding. It's incredible. Yeah, and I'll, I'll make sure to leave 
the your website linked in the podcast show notes. For those of you who are interested in potentially exploring or purchasing some of Huggins um, EMF mitigating you know, equipment and devices, I'll make sure to leave those linked in the show notes if you did want to purchase you know, these. Um, so Huggins, did you want to sort of explain the range that you've developed, where it's at now with WaveGuard um, and where you're looking to take the company in terms of expansion? So we are having currently uh, three main products and one is the key shield, which is a variable device, which is around for like a 500 milliliters bottle of water, the size of that. And that's, uh, that's our hybrid device. Most people start with that and a home device. And the shield device is very nice since it's a hybrid device and it's the most studied EMF protection device in the world. The most studies which has been done on any device is on this device, the key shield. And it is a mobile device, which also works when you can take with you, you can take it to your working space and you can put it at the evening beside your bedroom, uh, inside your bedroom on the nightstand, for instance. And therefore you will have a um, safe place to sleep and a kind of more sanctuary place in your bedroom. And therefore you have there an EMF protection of around 30 to 40% drop in the field strengths, which will still allow you to use your signal and your communication. But the radio frequencies which are traveling inside of the room are being dispersed. They are not anymore so focused. And that's why your body is having a more natural response to them and don't anymore is so stressed by them and works more natural. And this is our key shield. People take it to them at daytime to work and at evening they put it usually to the bedroom and therefore they have a very convenient all-around device and we sell that for $1,195. And then we are having a home device which you can uh, cover larger areas with just like a normal uh, flat or a single home house which is working on the same principle. And then we have for larger areas we are having a key max. And uh, the prices for those are three thousand five hundred and six thousand five hundred USD. Mm. In terms of the uh, the effect that they'll have on, I'd imagine people are probably wondering whether or not it's going to interfere with their their computer or their phone in terms of their actual signaling. Did you yeah. want to sort of explain how that they, they will not? You know, affect the, the quality of their connection with their computer and, it will and be different enough. devices. It will, be, it will be affected. That's what we see. We have measured with three technical institutions. We have just measured exactly that. And we have done there around 12 studies on that. So they have confirmed that we are depolarizing. And that means that with the real meter and with real setup, what they have done and measured is that they see that the electromagnetic field drops. And depending on the frequency and where we place the device, um, it can be something between 30 and 80%. But still, the 80% wow. less signal is still actually allowing you to have a call and to uh, watch a YouTube video or something like this on your phone. So that is still plenty enough, but it's just massively reduced. And the effects which are left on the body, they are much, much more mitigated. So um, WaveGuard was the first company in the world and any institution basically in the world which was publishing a 5G study. 
when I was noticing and on this conference, I was seeing this incredible research about radiation and about the concerns from all the, the best in the world about the dangers of 5G, potential dangers. And I was like, it cannot be that there is no studies. It is impossible. It's just, it's, it just cannot be. We make a mass rollout out of a new technology, which we have zero ideas about how harmful it's going to be. We know it's harmful, basically, but we don't know how harmful. And there's no safety studies. Now, it was just nuts to me, honestly. And I tried then for multiple years to get access to the labs to test it. And those were reserved for the telecommunication industry. They bought the licenses for broadcasting this. You cannot get like a Wi-Fi router, like a 5G one then at the time. It was all licensed to companies. And you could not register it, measure it, study it, and they wouldn't give you access. So that was a that was a huge problem. So the industry had a complete monopoly of studying this, and they didn't do it. And even the government mm. and the Senate in the US, for instance, was even requesting them and asked, do you do studies on this? There's concerns about this. No, we don't we have not planned any studies. It's it's crazy how this was openly spoken about. And so then I was saying, okay, let's do something there. And as soon as I found the possibility, I was immediately going for that. And I was uh, initiating a study in order to study it from a cell institute in Germany. And what they were investigating was human skin cells, fibroblast cells. And basically what they were replicating is a small damage in the cell tissue, in the skin tissue. So like, for instance, if you're cutting yourself with a knife in the kitchen and you have their gap, which needs to close over a couple of days, has happened to everyone. So we know how to can relate to that. And basically this is the kind of setup they investigated. And they had three scenarios where the cells had always the same size and the same density, and they were in a small dish, and then they were watched with a microscope how they are actually dividing to close the gap. And in the first scenario, there was zero EMFs inside of the room, zero, just an electromagnetic field, basically. At the second one, there was 5G without any protection, but there was even 5G inside of the room. And then you had the third one, which was 5G and a key shield device. And the healing time when there was no EMF fields at all inside of the room, the healing took 24 hours. When you had 5G inside of the room, the healing time went up to almost 96 hours. With a key shield device, it was 26 hours of healing time. So almost as if there was no EMS in, at all inside of the room. And this is aligning and also representing the studies and the findings of the University of Athens, which came up with this whole depolarization part in 2015. And so this is what is making us very different from WaveGuard. We have the physical principle, which is written in the books. We have the world's best technical institutions like the TÜV and D&B engineering and so on. Uh, to have tested and say, okay, there's depolarizing and electromagnetic field strengths dropping. And then we see, okay, you have this mitigation on this principle and you know from the university, if that is happening, then also the non-thermal effects, they are also the stress response in the body. They're also not anymore so strong. 
And so then we were studying that with 15 studies and we also got it confirmed there that the body is not anymore acting so stressed. Like for instance, there you're still having a signal of 5G inside of the room, it's reduced, but what is left is not anymore nearly as harmful because the healing time went down from 96 hours to 26 hours pretty much. It's incredible. Yeah, and I'll make sure to leave that study linked in the podcast show notes. If if my audience wants to check that out, I'll make sure to leave that linked um, so people can access the study, read that yes. in detail it's, and understand the mechanism. It's a nice video uh, and you can actually see on our homepage, you can see the studies where you see the time-lapse video of the actual cells through the microscope of the 24-hour time-lapse video, you can see it actually on the website in the study. So that's very nice. It's not just you have to do a boring reading of a study, but you can indeed also <laughs> see the actual footage of the study in the time-lapse. And that's really nice. And we also got this uh, study published. And um, so uh, it's a published study and was the first one of the effects of 5G on the humans or basically human skin cells. And... There was nothing close to that out there even you know we didn't have any other 5g studies with any part of human cells in any way and not even mm. on the human body or something like that it was just incredible and this was the first one which was being launched and um so that was a very big step and now a lot of universities have reached out to us from canada italy and dubai to actually help them with um also replicating the study and the mm. effect in the cell study, by the way, we replicated 13 times. And the wow. uh, mitigation effect, which I was referencing, is the average of the 13 experiments. And the Incredible. Yeah. So it was mm. nice. In terms, of, uh, in terms of the future, your future goals, um, expanding the company, expansion of WaveGuard, what do you have in mind? What do you wishing to accomplish for the future? Mm, I'm happy that how the way the expansion is going, we have set up this year uh, a good base in Australia, for example, there that we have also now a warehouse in Australia, which is nice that we are expanding in more and more areas. And I think in, especially in this area of the world, Australia and Asia, there is uh, awareness about this issue, but there is um, at the same time not so many uh, knowledge about the ways of protecting yourselves. So I'm happy about uh, that we are working on that and going more into the expansion of Asia. And um, I'm, the next few months we'll be launching a mobile device which is going to be the smallest 5G protection device out there in the world. So that's going to be very nice. We had once a key mobile in the, in the range of our products and uh, it was not anymore um, proven for, it was never proven for 5G basically, just didn't have the capacity of the depolarizing such high uh, amounts of EMFs. And that's why we stopped to produce it and took us now almost eight years to develop the new one. And so that one will come out in the next half year, been the longest project I worked on, I guess. And that one will launch uh, sooner, uh, soon that part. And um, so there's some, some, new, some new products coming out, which have a lower entry barrier and which also going to help you to have a mobile protection with, um, with WaveGuard. Great. Great. Well, once that is, um, once that's released, I'll have to get you back on the podcast for round two because today's discussion was 
Phenomenal. I mean, I think my audience will have learned quite a lot around the harmful effects of EMF. You always do such a great job at explaining things in detail. And, you know, what I like the most about what you share is that 100% of what you say is scientifically backed. Um, and so my audience will definitely appreciate that. So, um, Hagen, was there anything else you maybe wanted to share with, uh, with my audience before we wrap up? Um, yes, it would be nicer to, if some persons have a question, if they want to reach out to us, uh, they can also contact me over Instagram or something like this. That's maybe something which is nice that, uh, there they can reach me directly under EMF coach. And, uh, there I'm also having a new project, which is coming up about, um, producing a, or equipping our flat here in Dubai completely radiation free. So that's also a very nice new project, which is starting to come up. If somebody is interested in watching that, how it is possible to really reduce your uh, electromagnetic fields in an apartment complex where you have a hundred Wi-Fi's. And this is now something mm, I'm born in Dubai. And now we came back here with my fiance. And so I'm very, very happy about that. And I was thinking, okay, now I know I'm not anymore living in the forest uh, in a completely plugged in home like before in, in Germany. So the, the change is very drastic, but at least I know both sides. I know how it is to live inside of the nature <laughs> without any EMFs and any neighbors and have complete control over my environment. And now I'm going to the opposite and I see what's the reality for many other peoples. And I can study very deeply there how it is, what we need and what this has to be done. And so if you are interested in that, yeah, you can uh, follow me there in the Instagram channel of EMF coach and um, also reach me there if you have some questions. And otherwise, yeah, please be invited to check out WaveGuard and uh, the website. There is the studies. We have over 25 studies, which are uh, which we have done with WaveGuard. So if you want to view that further, go into that. And uh, we have done for your audience, we have done a code so they can use uh, the code Lucas to get a nice discount of 15% and get it also shipped in Australia if someone is interested. Fantastic. Well, um, Hagen, thank you again. I'm excited to meet up again face to face once I head through to Dubai, as I'm sure I'm heading over Europe again. So, um, yeah, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.